You're listening to the Preppy Podcast. I'm your host, Patricia May Marish, and I'll be interviewing the brands, businesses, and influencers who are keeping the modern preppy lifestyle alive. Today I'm talking with Lauren Haskell of Low Home and Lauren Haskell Designs. I've shopped her ginger jars for years, so I was so excited to learn more about her background, which surprisingly is not in interior design, and her passion for sustainable products. I hope you guys enjoyed this one. All right, Lauren, so why don't you introduce yourself to everyone, um, tell them who you are, where you live, and a little bit about what you do. Sure. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. This is so fun, and I'm honored to be speaking with you. Um, But my name is Lauren Haskell, and I'm the founder and owner of Lauren Haskell Designs and the uh, product line of Low Home. That's awesome. Yeah, we're based out of Tulsa, Oklahoma, and that's where um, I was born and raised. And yeah, it's good. That's really fun. Um, And I've been a big fan of yours for years. I'm trying to think like my first product of yours was probably one of your ginger jars. I think the navy one probably. Um, Yes. So it's been forever and I just love seeing you grow and expand and going to new ventures. So I thought you'd be the perfect person to have on the podcast. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. Fellow ginger jar lover. Yes. (laughs) Okay. So before we get into, you know, more of your work, let's start a little bit further back. So tell us a little bit about your background. I was surprised to learn when I was going through your about page um, that you actually have a master in occupational therapy. So can you talk a little bit about that? Like what your decision was to study that? And um, then we can kind of talk about maybe how that impacts your design today and working with that. Yeah, absolutely. So um, growing up, I had always just kind of been like a maker, arts and crafts kind of girl. So um, all I wanted for my 16th birthday was a sewing machine. Like I didn't even want a car. Um, I just wanted to be able to make my own clothes and curtains. Um, And so I've always just been really crafty. Um, Uh And I was also a dancer, a really serious dancer, and I was actually wanting to pursue that as my career. Um, But uh, I also enjoyed school and science, and I'm kind of a nerd, so (laughs) I've always, like, you know, been in all the AP science classes and just really enjoyed that. Um, Mm -hmm. But I... um, I was injured my senior year of high school, which took me out of um, auditioning for dance programs um, for universities and performances. Uh, So I um, took my parents' advice and went to school for a health degree just because um, it's something I also enjoyed and they felt a little bit better about um, me pursuing kind of a more traditional career, I guess, um, and then keeping up dancing and my art or my love for art and design and crafting kind of on the side. So that's what I pursued when I was, uh, you know, going into college and I don't regret it one bit, but I could just never squash the love and passion I always had for design and art and dance. And I kept those up all throughout school. And then even after I graduated, um, I was teaching dance and uh, painting and kind of helping friends design their homes and just always kind of kept that up. Um, 
So whenever I, um, I started practicing occupational therapy, my emphasis was in pediatrics and autism. Okay. Uh, so I practiced for seven years um, and I wanted to just focus on pediatrics. So I was working in a small town in Oklahoma. So I was doing a little bit of everything, um, Mm -hmm. geriatrics, inpatient, outpatient, and pediatrics. So when I decided, okay, I just want to focus on pediatrics, I was either going to have to commute to a bigger town to get a full caseload, or I could go part-time and focus on this kind of design thing that I'd wanted to pursue. Um, So I decided to give that a try. So um, I put together a portfolio. This was when e-design was kind of just becoming more popular. Yep. So I um, put together a portfolio of um, some small design projects I'd done in my home and family and friends' homes and applied to be basically just kind of an assistant e-designer remote employee for a design firm out of Colorado. Okay. Um, and I got hired. So wow. I did that plus um, occupational therapy for a few years. And okay. then, well, I guess just one year. And then I decided, okay, I can do this by myself. I think I know how this works. So <laughs> that's when I started Lauren Haskell Designs, um, focusing on Tulsa area design and um, e-design. But in the back of my mind, I had always wanted to do products. Like that maker in me just kind of like came out and I was like, okay, I can't find, you know, this type of fabric or, um, you know, just a solid color pillow or ginger jars in the colors that I'm (laughs) wanting. So I was like, let's just make them. Um, So I just kind of taught myself how to um, make ceramics, which was fun. Oh, my gosh. Started in my kitchen and my back patio um, and then kind of drew up the patterns for the pillows, um, started working on some prints for fabrics and wallpapers. And anyways, it just kind of started as a little pet project and then um, just really, really took off. Wow. So I didn't practice therapy anymore. <laughs> I had to okay. I had to choose. There weren't enough hours yeah. in the day. So um about two years ago I stepped away from my practice and okay. just did low home full time. That's amazing. So you don't necessarily have any formal training then in interior design or product development or home furnishing or anything. You kind of just developed this along the way. That is true. So I try to be careful and um, not tout myself as an interior designer because that is, um, you know, a a profession that requires a degree and a lot of specialized training. And I don't want to take away from um, people that have gone through that process. So I try to always call myself an interior decorator. Decorator. um, (laughs) Yes. um, But I love it. So uh, yeah, no formal training, just winging it over here, just taking it day by day. And I mean, I know um, a lot of interior designers and a lot of interior decorators. And so for those listening who might not really know some of the differences, I guess, is, yeah, you need the formal degree, I guess, technically to call yourself an interior designer. Um, And really in school, I've heard that you learn a lot more of the CAD stuff, like the computer-aided design, and that's really the difference. Um, 
but I'm sure you know more along those lines. What would you say? Yeah, from my understanding, um, there's a lot of architecture involved in the program. Um, Again, I didn't go through it. So that's just kind of what I've heard as well. Um, They also do a little bit more on the engineering side, I guess. So they're certified to kind of draw plans for maybe electrical or plumbing or work with contractors um, in a more (laughs) formal way. Um, So I'm not sure, but um, that's just kind of what I've heard. Yeah. Definitely. So what were some of the first steps in marketing your business when you decided, okay, I can, I can do this myself. Um, I'm going to dive in and just focus on low home and your interior decorating business. What were some of the first steps to launching it and kind of getting the word out? Yeah. So I, um, I actually was very late to Instagram, like personally just using it as a platform. Yeah. I didn't really know what it was until like all of my friends have had it for two or three years. They're like, Lauren, come on. So, um, anyways, I got on that, um, and kind of learned how it worked just in the nick of time. So, Um, I was having fun with Instagram, just kind of posting um, photos of my projects and um, some of my initial products. Um, And that was in the time when Instagram was still kind of new and the algorithm was way different. Um, Mm -hmm. So it was a lot easier to get traction on posts and be discovered from uh, by followers. the game completely changed um, about a year ago. Yeah, it's a lot harder now to um, just be uh, visible on Instagram. But I feel mm-hmm. like I just kind of got in in the nick of time right before the algorithm changed, and that's where I kind of found the most um, traction for marketing. And it's still mm-hmm. our number one um, referral source is Instagram. It's just um, a lot trickier <laughs> to play with now. Definitely. So, I mean, I'm so fascinated by the fact that you, you know, decided you wanted to do ceramics and pillows. So you kind of just, you know, got the materials and started playing around with them yourself. Um, and I think so many people that listen, you know, either want to start a business or have started a business and some of the, the most, um, often asked question I feel like I get is like, well, how do you start? Like, so did you just look up YouTube videos about how to make ceramics then? Or um, what was that process sort of like? Or was it a lot of trial and error, just, you know, getting some supplies, seeing what works and then going along as you, as you do it? Yeah. So specifically ceramics, um, I just started asking questions um, to people kind of in the ceramics scene in Oklahoma. So I um, there's a couple of ceramic supply shops um, that sell clay and glazes and that kind of thing. So um, I just wasn't afraid to go in there and start asking questions and just like writing down answers. That's like the nerd in me coming out, you know, like I just want to <laughs> learn how everything works and I don't care like being the girl on the front row, like raising her hand, pushing up her glasses, like I'm all about it. So um, yeah. they were probably just annoyed at how many questions I was asking, but I was just like, okay, so how, you know, how, what are the different methods for, um, 
making things with ceramics. And I found out that you can either um, throw on a wheel or uh-huh. you can slip cast, which is what we do, or you can hand build out of clay. Um, so once I realized that um, most of the ginger jars were uh, slip casted, um, I decided to dive into that. Yeah. So I had books and I watched YouTube videos and I kept going back to the, those shops and asking more and more questions about um, people they knew. And um, so my network kind of expanded from Oklahoma to Missouri and Arkansas and Texas of people that I just kind of found out were slip casters or um, mold makers. And um, yeah, I just, I just, wow. I'm so impressed. Like, that's amazing. And to even start it just in your house. So, because don't you need a big, some sort of oven, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So um, I just kind of started borrowing or um, kind of hiring out services until Got I it. learned what to do okay. and had enough money to purchase the equipment myself. So for instance, first um, I I didn't know how to make molds and I didn't have any um, equipment to make molds. So I had my molds made mm-hmm. um, and then I didn't have pouring equipment. So I had them poured and then I didn't have a kiln. So I drove it to someone's house and paid them to use their kiln every night until I kind of had like a proof of concept. And then once I realized, okay, like this is how this works and these are selling really well, I feel secure in making the jump to buy mold makers and um, slip casting equipment and kilns. So um, it's all just been bootstrapped. Um, so it's not grown as quickly as, you know, maybe it could have, if I had some, um, loans or Mm -hmm. some capital investment, but, um, yeah, I'm just kind of taking it and trying to self-fund the business. Yeah. And I think that's so great. And a lot of people relate to that. They're always, you know, nervous to, to jump in and have that sort of, over their head. Um, So I think the way you did it was so smart. And a lot of people could learn from that, you know, kind of asking around and then paying for different um, equipment and things as you go. And then once you're secure in it, then really putting the investment in. Um, So I think that's so smart. So now today, I'm sure you're not doing it all yourself. Um, I'm sure you have employees and such. Is that correct? Yeah. So that's been a whole other bear to learn um, is, you know, not only the um, craft and the art of ceramics or, um, you know, textiles, but, Uh uh, you know, I have a degree in therapy and science and I'm now an accountant and a human resources manager (laughs) and, you know, IT woman. So I'm just kind of learning everything um, that goes along with entrepreneurship as well as, you know, this new craft that I've taken on. But I actually love it. It's all, it's fine. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I feel like so many of us like entrepreneurs, it's like, you know, managing people is so hard and dealing with IT problems or customer service. Like you wear so many hearts, so many hats and it's so challenging, but I feel like it's so rewarding because it's yours, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, 
Um, you know, I do, like I said, I love to learn, so I'm not afraid to, to dig in and learn more about it, but, um, you know, it, I try not to be too hard on myself with trial and error because um, I'm just kind of learning all this as I go. And I have an incredible team. Um, I feel so lucky with uh, the people that I was able to recruit and work with. They're so talented and um, positive and just so great to be around. So that's something that I'm really thankful for, that I got to kind of curate a team um, in the ground stages and I get to wake up and be with them every day and be inspired by them. Um, so yeah, that's a real pleasure and something that I'm so thankful for with everything that's hard with entrepreneurship. Um, you know, a good, a good part about it is you get to kind of curate your life and your day just the way you want it. So Yeah. Exactly. So um, for people who might not be familiar with you, how would you describe your your style, um, whether it's, you know, how you're designing someone's home or just your products in general? How would you describe it? Yeah, so um, I would say that we're kind of riding this wave of the new traditionalist. So mm-hmm. um, I feel like our pieces are pretty traditional, but have a twist. So whether it's, um, you know, the traditional shape of a ginger jar, but we offer it in pink or, you know, just um, some classic uh, chinoiserie, you know, themes that um, are classic Americana, but we offer them in um, kind of a modern or artistic twist. Uh, So they can really, I hope that it resonates with customers that um, are wanting something timeless uh, that can fold into the decor that they already have, but also maybe resonates with a pop of their personality to make it a little bit different and personal for them. Definitely. I love that. I think that's a good description. Um, Okay. So you have your interior design business, but then you also have your online shop and all these products. We kind of focused a lot on the ceramics, um, but you also have pillows, you have furniture, you have rugs, you have so much more. So what was the inspiration behind, you know, sort of adding each of each of these products um, and developing this online store? Yeah. So um, I kind of had a choice to make once I realized that I would like to try to, you know, sell and um, create products. Was I going to Uh, basically just be a third-party vendor. So, you know, buy wholesale from catalogs and then resell um, and have kind of a curated shop. Or was I going to try to create my own products, you know, that could only be found through us? Um, And that was way more exciting to me. So that's what (laughs) I decided to pursue. Um, So the end goal is to try to have... um, everything exclusive to low home. So um, that's not currently every single thing on our shop right now. So we sell rugs that are drop shipped um, from Mm -hmm. uh, rug manufacturers, you know, Uh, but we're trying to gradually get to um, being able to produce everything ourselves. So um, yeah, the main reason behind that is um, I, I feel like I have a great opportunity to have control over the manufacturing process. Um, And as I kind of dug into um, product development, I realized that um, 
there's some shady things <laughs> going on um, <laughs> in in commerce, and you know it's a really competitive world. Everybody's trying to get that price point lower and lower and lower, um, mm. and so there was not only quality integrity issues that I had come across um, with some of the products that I was looking at selling, um, but also um, I'm really concerned about the supply chain. So uh -huh. not only with labor, but also materials. I'm wanting to make sure that um, the materials are responsibly sourced and as sustainable as possible, and then um, that the labor chain is ethical and um, that there's no uh, forced labor um, or, you know, just unethical labor going on yeah. in any part of the process. Um, you want to so feel good about what you're purchasing. Exactly. And I feel like um, just kind of coming across some of those issues uh, with really big players in the um, home decor world. So textiles um, is kind of a dangerous uh, or uh, it just has a lot of um, kind of bad things that can go into textiles. So okay. um, yeah, just a lot of third world countries that are involved in textile production um, mm -hmm. and some labor issues there that I had uncovered doing some research. Wow. So um, yeah, I just, I just wanted to make sure that um, there was an option for uh, in the market for ethically and sustainably sourced home goods. I felt like there was really um, a hole in the market for really transparent production uh -huh. for that. Um, and then uh, I just didn't, I don't want that on our conscience. I want to, I want to, you have the opportunity to take, um, you know, take some of that market share and make sure that at least that is ethically and sustainably sourced. Um, you know, maybe mm -hmm. you can take some of the market away from the competition who um, maybe is just contributing to not so great things, if that makes sense. Sorry, oh, that was kind yeah, of lengthy. No, but <laughs> no um, but I love you. that because I, yeah, I feel like I didn't know that. I mean, I know obviously you guys um, make your ginger jars there and everything, but I didn't know that that was so important to you. And I feel like, you know, just from looking at your website briefly, I didn't realize that. So I feel like that's so important to share with people um, because that is so important when you're buying something that you can feel good about it. And um, not only does it look pretty, but there's a lot of research and um, heart that's behind it. Yeah, I think that um, that was something that I noticed whenever um, I was shopping for textiles or furniture from my home, I was having a lot of trouble finding, um, you know, things made from recycled products or uh, fair trade labor or, you know, FSC uh, certified lumber going into the furniture. Like I was having a really hard time finding those products for myself that didn't have like that kind of bohemian vibe. Mm -hmm. Um, cause like I said, I'm kind of traditional. Um, yep. but I couldn't find those products, um, with, without that kind of organic look, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I was like, okay, we need to, we need to have this available for others as well. Not just myself. <laughs> Definitely. Um, 
so what was I going to say going off of that? Um, so when you are producing and manufacturing linear products, are you trying to stick just local um, where you are or you just care about necessarily, um, you know, that everything's fair and just or where are you looking, I guess, is what I'm saying. Is everything local to where you are or kind of just all across the U.S. or even out of the yeah, so um, we are really conscious of local production because that, um, you know, reduces your uh, transportation and therefore carbon emissions the most. Mm-hmm. Um, so we try to keep everything as local as we can. Um, but, you know, I just spend a lot of time weighing my decisions. Um, So not every decision can be completely perfect yet, um, especially when we're growing. So my philosophy is just to make the best decision I can um, at a particular stage of growth. So whenever you become a bigger player and whenever you have more money and power behind your decisions, I think that you can create a little bit more change. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just kind of have to um, work with what's available to me at the time and try to make the best decision that I can. Um, so for instance, we... Um, had to start getting help (laughs) with making our ginger jars. We just could not make them fast enough. Um, And so we wanted to keep the production in the U.S., um, but there's only a few uh, people who could help us in the U.S., and none of them were in Tulsa. (laughs) So, Uh, you know, we just kind of have to have to make that work. uh, And so, yeah. That's kind of my philosophy is just trying to um, take it one decision at a time and and make the best decision I can ethically and sustainably uh, with what I can. Definitely. No, that makes sense. Um, And so going off that one question that I had was, um, so is your goal, do you think you'd want to sell wholesale to other um, companies or do you just want to keep your line exclusive to your website and store? Yeah. So right now we do do a little bit of wholesale um, with some boutiques, but um, I've just really had the most traction with direct to consumer. Um, I Uh like that because I can have more control over the consumer experience. Um, And, you know, obviously the, the margins are better. um, So it's, um, (laughs) It's uh, a little bit more successful to um, do direct-to-consumer sales. Uh, And then I also just think that that is kind of where the market is heading. E-commerce is so popular. Um, The the internet is just so big. So I Mm -hmm. feel like more and more people are exploring e-commerce for things that typically they would... um, maybe purchase in store, you know, I know my parents are still like, Oh, I would never buy a sofa without sitting on it. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I would. <laughs> you know? exactly. I just think that, that, um, the culture is changing a little bit and, um, everyone is a little bit more open to, um, you know, what's out there and they can explore that through e-commerce a little bit easier than necessarily just sticking local to their, um, what's offered in their particular town. So, yeah, yeah, that's kind of where we're headed is just um, trying to 
expand our e-commerce um, and maybe have a few brick and mortar stores um, that people can come and explore products if they want to. Which speaking of which, so you guys are going to open your first own brick and mortar store. Um, talk a little bit about that, what the decision was behind that. And so it sounds like you even want to open a few more even after that. So, <laughs> Yeah, um, this will be my first time at, you know, that's kind of my mantra. This is like, I'm just flying by the seat of my pants. <laughs> this is my first storefront. We'll see how it goes. Um, but yeah, it, the first priority when I was looking for properties in Tulsa to lease were um, just a functional e-commerce um, facility. So I needed a lot uh-huh. of space to produce, pack, and warehouse. Um in the back of my mind, I was kind of hoping for maybe a hybrid of a little bit of a showroom or storefront, just because okay. I have had so many requests like, hey, I'm driving through Tulsa. Can I stop by your shop? And uh-huh. before this, uh, you know, it was actually just out of a studio um, on my personal property. And I literally did have people <laughs> come to my house and I was like, this is our ginger jars. This is, a, this is the team. Um, so anyways, I kind of wanted to have a little bit of a showroom space possibly. Um, and then the property that we found happened to be a perfect hybrid. So it has a gorgeous showroom space in the front and an awesome production space in the back. So um, that was kind of the catalyst for the decision of just going for the storefront. So we'll see how it goes. And if it goes well, maybe we can repeat <laughs> in a different place. Awesome. I'm so excited. Now I need to make like a trip out to you in Tulsa um, once yeah. it's open. <laughs> yes, yes, so- of course. So where do you find inspiration? Um, you know, I just kind of, it all starts usually with a need. So like for the ginger jars, I, I loved the look of ginger jars, but really all I could find was that classic, you know, um, blue and white, Mm -hmm porcelain design. I was like, okay, I need a ginger jar, but I need it to be purple. You know, <laughs> so I just kind of was uh, filling gaps that I was noticing. Um, okay. But I find a lot of inspiration in um, artists. So I follow a lot of artists on Instagram and I just save like a million posts a day of like things that I love, whether it's just a combination of colors or um, movement or, um, you know, a pattern that I find inspiring. So, um, and I, I don't really consider myself an artist. I appreciate art so much, but I'm like, okay, they have something that I just don't. Um, So I like to collaborate with artists. Um, So for example, I have um, a couple of collaborative collections with um, my dear friend Taylor Fisher and a really talented illustrator named Tashi Searing. Um, So I've collaborated with both of them to turn their art into home decor products. Um, So that's kind of how I would say I'm most inspired is just awesome artists. (laughs) I love that. No, that's awesome. Um, Okay, so we kind of touched a little bit on this, but what have been some of the hardships or challenges you face with business? I know it's kind of wearing a lot of hats and um, even the manufacturing issues. Anything else, though? 
well, I have a very patient and kind husband <laughs> who's also very hardworking. Um, he has a real job and then he <laughs> comes home and works for us um, well into the night. Um, so we've been doing, uh, you know, this whole crazy thing for two, three years. Um, uh-huh. And I feel like for anybody who's listening for an entrepreneur or who is an entrepreneur, um, you're not alone if you don't have a life. So it, it kind of becomes your life. I'm sure you understand that as an entrepreneur yeah. as well. Work-life balance is really hard. Definitely. Um, so there's been a lot of sacrifices with, um, you know, just family and friends, relationships that you're trying to balance, but also, you know, when the whole thing relies on you, you got to get it done. Um, so I, I don't have a lot of hobbies. Luckily I love doing this and I love to learn and read. So that's how I spend most of my time is like Mm -hmm. Googling articles on how to manage business accounting, you know, and stuff like that. Um, And a lot of the time that my husband and I spend together is, you know, building new shelving units for storage or, (laughs) you know, it's just kind of making it work. So I would say that's honestly the biggest challenge is just like work-life balance, you know, the dedication and discipline that it takes to keep going back to it day after day when you might be frustrated or tired. Um, It relies on you. So you got to show up. Yeah. Um, so no, that yeah. makes sense. It sounds like your husband's so sweet, though. Oh, and he's an IT guy. Thank goodness, free IT oh, help is just great. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Um, so, yeah. on the flip side to that, what are some things that you're most excited about with your business, or kind of most proud of that keep you going? Um, well, like I said, I have an amazing team, so um, they really do inspire me. Um, we have a really positive workplace, um, which I hold uh, to be really, really important. I want to be happy during my work day. We spend so much time at work, like life's too short, you know, like let's just yeah. make it a good day every day. So um, that brings me a lot of inspiration um, and a lot of joy. And then um, it's hard to to do things um, sustainably, to produce and manufacture sus- sustainably um, and ethically throughout the entire supply chain. So um, it's a lot of work to dig in and ask a lot of questions that sometimes people aren't really wanting to answer um, about, or they don't know the answer about every single you know fiber that goes into a textile and where mm-hmm. it comes from. Um, but that's also really rewarding when I finally have um, a product together that um, I feel great about the design and the quality, and then also the um, supply chain mm-hmm. that feels really really good and I feel really proud to bring that to the market and um you know share that with others. No, those are both great things that definitely to be proud of. Um okay, so who would be your dream customer? If you could pick anyone, it could be a celebrity, an influencer, um you know, whoever. Oh my goodness. Well, um 
Reese Witherspoon. I just feel like <laughs> we so have sad. like a heart to heart connection. I know she's just the cutest thing in the whole world and so smart and successful and graceful. And if she's listening, we should be friends. Um, <laughs> but honestly, um, you know, I, I just want, um, my products to resonate with, uh, just as many people as possible. Like I said, I'm wanting to bring, um, you know, a sustainable and ethical option to a customer base that might not be used to seeing those as options. You know, people who might not be looking for that bohemian vibe or that kind of organic vibe that are looking for something a little bit more classic and traditional, um, which haven't, always been offered as, um, you know, sustainable or whatever. So I'm wanting everyone to be my customer. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Just the everyday woman or man, right? (laughs) So how do you spend your weekends or your free time? I guess you kind of answered this earlier, kind of, um, you know, researching or reading or working on the business. But if you had a free minute where you didn't have to, focus on work, what would you do? Yeah. My husband um, laughs at me uh, a lot because I don't have hobbies. I tend to make (laughs) every single one of my hobbies a job. So um, (laughs) I was a dancer and then I taught and coached dance for 10 years. Um, I designed homes and made crafts and then turned that into my career. Um, so yeah, I really don't have hobbies. I I like to read um and and find out new information, so I do that a yeah. lot. Um and I like to fiddle and design new things and I mm-hmm. do that a lot too. So um yeah, that's really it. <laughs> No, I feel you. I'm the same way. I, in my spare time, I like to read books on other entrepreneurs or I did the same thing. I enjoy wine. And so now I'm like, well, why don't I get certified in it too? Yeah, <laughs> like, I, know. I don't know why. <laughs> That's too yes. funny. It must be like some sort of personality with being an entrepreneur, you know? Yeah, I know. I should probably find a hobby <laughs> to do with. <laughs> Definitely. Um, so what's one thing someone might be surprised to learn about you? You know, I was, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm pretty honest. So I feel like I've spilled all my secrets. Um, I was surprised to learn that you went to school for occupational therapy, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I know. I just, feel like I've had a lot of weird jobs. Like um, I was a princess for a princess party company. Oh my um, gosh. I was sleeping beauty for birthday parties and events, which was so funny. That's um, a fun fact. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I've just had such silly, funny um, jobs, but it's great. I'm always just kind of down for anything. So if it sounds fun or interesting, I'm like, okay, I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that attitude. That's so fun. Um, okay. An easier question then. Well, actually, this might be just as challenging. What's your favorite product right now in your shop? Hmm. Let's see. Well, I don't want to give away any 
secrets, but <laughs> we're working on the Christmas collection for this oh. year and um, we're adding some new things. So be on the lookout for that. It'll be really fun. Um, but I, that's the thing I'm probably most excited about right now is we're kind of putting the finishing touches on the holiday collection for this year. Oh, I love so, that. That's something yeah. to look forward to for sure. Yeah. Um, Okay, so what's next for you? I mean, we kind of touched on this a little bit, obviously opening the brick and mortar, um, and then it sounds like you're working on the Christmas collection, but anything else? Yeah, uh, the the main goal is still just trying to um, get everything in-house. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm trying to start to research the categories that I currently drop ship. So maybe in the future rug production um, and just kind of expanding what we can actually produce um, and have full control over. So that's, that's kind of what we're chugging along at right now. That's awesome. I'm so excited to see what you guys do next. Um, Okay, so my final question now, can you tell everyone where they can find you, what your social media handles are, what your website, where they can shop, all of that good stuff? Yeah, of course. So um, Instagram is at Lauren Haskell Designs. um, And that's probably where we're the most active. We try to um, post photos of our products and um, some behind the scenes kind of things. And then um, we also have a Facebook, Lauren Haskell Designs. Our shop is www.shoplohome.com. Um, and then I also still have a design website, laurenhaskelldesigns.com. Um, even though I've kind of backed off the design uh, portion of the okay. business and I'm kind of just uh, you know, diving into the manufacturing more full time. So my design projects are a little bit more exclusive and becoming more uh, few and far between, but that's all right. I just love the manufacturing. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's awesome. Thank you so much, Lauren. I learned so much about you and your business. Um, and I'm even more proud now to, to shop your products. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. thank you so much. This has been fun. And um, yeah, I just appreciate the opportunity. Thank you so much for listening to the Preppy Podcast. I hope this put a little prep in your step for the day. Please subscribe, rate, and review on wherever you listen to your podcast. And follow along with at the Preppy Podcast on social media.